Well, just last week was the official last day of winter and the first day of spring. And to that I say, amen. Amen. The devil's work of winter can be gone. I hate it. I absolutely cannot stand being cold. My electricity bill is through the roof. People are harder to get motivated. People are less social. My fingers are cold and it's harder to text people. You feel all gumpy when you're trying to text. And I feel like everywhere I'm going, I'm just tensing. I was just like, I'm just trying to like preserve like body temperature for my vital organs. It just, it's just a season of being uncomfortable. So I'm excited about the changing of the seasons, but I'll tell you now that I will not be full because this morning, my goodness, it was cold again. See, it may be spring, but until I can feel that warmth on my skin and I don't have to pump the heat pump all day long, I'm not going to be tricked. I'm not convinced. It may be spring, but you will not find me wearing only a t-shirt. I'm not going to start living like it's spring when it still feels like winter. Amen? I've become so adverse to the cold that I find myself living every season like it's winter. The heat pump is always on. I wear a hoodie and long pants to the beach and only remove layers when I feel like it's safe to do so. And even then, it's very cautiously. I've been so used to being warm and cozy that I'm unwilling to enjoy anything else that another season has to offer. Now, obviously, in all truthfulness, I love summer the most because of the warmth. But what I try to do, I've realized, is I just try to replicate my summer experience in every other season. I want to live in a perpetual state of summer. Anyone else think summer is the best season? Anyone else think winter is the best season? Okay. Ministry team, those are the people that need prayer. Sometimes we become really comfortable and familiar with one season and we stay too long. We overstay our welcome. We hold on for dear life because we just don't want the season to change. That's me not wanting it to be cold. You know, I grew up in a pretty abusive home and so any chance that I got to go and stay at a friend's house for the night. I grabbed it with both hands. And when it came to the school holidays, my mum had a very relaxed approach to my whereabouts. So I know a lot of young people grew up, uh, at least in New Zealand, with a kind of rule that you just had to be home by the time the street lights came on. Did anyone grow up with that? I, I just had to come home at some point. And even then, it wasn't like expressly communicated. I remember one time racing home after school, uh, final day of the term in year 10, and I quickly got changed out of my school uniform, and I rushed around to one of my best friend's house. His name was Sam, and he had like, he had a mean-ass house, and he had all the really cool toys, and his parents were great. I remember staying the night that evening, which turned into staying for a week. And at the time, I just thought, this is awesome. Like, don't have to be at home around my family. I get to hang out with my friend and all his cool ties. But as I look back on it now, I realize I was quite a mongrel. Like, from memory, I turned up expecting to stay the night one night. I didn't take a change of clothes. From memory, I didn't take a toothbrush. I only contacted my mum at about day five, and she didn't contact me. And I was only 14 years old. Sam's parents were happy to have me, but there's no doubt that I overstayed my welcome. I set up camp somewhere that I should have only been passing through. It was only in later years that I realized I stayed in that place way longer than I should have. And I remember going home after the week, and my mom was like, where were you? And now as an adult looking back, I'm like, where were you? (laughs) I was missing for five days, and a police report wasn't filed. You're just like, he's somewhere. He'll be all right. 
I shouldn't have stayed that long. I needed to move on. I needed a change. And yet it's only in hindsight I realized I overstayed my welcome. Genesis 8 verse 22 says this. As long as the earth remains, there will be planting and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night. What's it saying? It's saying as long as the earth exists, we can expect change. We can expect to adapt. We can expect to move through different seasons of life. See, when you're a child, you've got this concept of the seasons of life. And I reckon when you're a kid, you kind of just think there's about five or six different seasons of life. You're like, I'm a kid. I'm trying to figure out what I want to do with my life. Then I become that and do it. I have kids get old and die. Like those are the blocks of life that you live through. And as you get older, you realize that those bigger blocks get broken down into many more smaller blocks. And there aren't just five or six seasons, but actually there's hundreds. And some of them are unique and they only come around in life once or twice. And others are the same old usual culprits that come around in a cycle like clockwork. And you begin to learn that there aren't just a handful of seasons, but there are lots of seasons. And not only are there lots of seasons, but there are seasons within seasons. Let's take a look at Ecclesiastes 3 verse 1 to 8, famous passage of scripture. King Solomon says this, he says, for everything there is a season. A time for every activity under the sun. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to harvest. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to tear down and a time to build up. A time to cry and a time to laugh. A time to grieve and a time to dance. A time to scatter stones and a time to gather stones. A time to embrace and a time to turn away. A time to search and a time to quit searching. A time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear and a time to mend. A time to be quiet and a time to speak. That one's for you teenagers. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. A season for every activity under the sun. And the author King Solomon, considered to be the wisest man to ever live, gives us a bit of insight here that life is filled with many, many different seasons and each one has an appointed time. And in verse 11, he declares this. He says that God says that everything is beautiful for its own time. He can't surely be talking about winter, but for everything else... It is beautiful for its own time. You know, I don't believe that God gives us every challenging situation. I think sometimes God does challenge us to refine us, but not everything challenging comes from God. But I do believe that He would work all things together for good for those that love Him and accord according to His purposes. Everything is beautiful for its time. That's fascinating. Because in the list I just read, it says a time to tear down, a time to cry, a time to grieve, a time to search, and yet somehow beautiful for its time. I think this is a really beautiful picture of this life that God has given us, this beautiful gift of life, that life isn't linear. Life doesn't go in a straight line. It's been called the roller coaster of life, and I think that's the perfect explanation, right? You just scream the whole way feeling out of control, and at the end you smile and go, that was awesome. <laughs> if you think back over your life, you can probably pick different blocks, different chunks, different seasons of life where you've had extreme joy and happiness, Seasons of fulfillment, of disappointment, of exhaustion. Different seasons of pride on your achievements, of safety and contentment. Seasons of heartache and pain. And yet the wisest man to ever live declares that God has made everything beautiful for its time. And so the timing of the seasons is really important. And so if beauty can be found within set moments of time, it's important we don't miss them. It's vitally important that we actually know what season we're in. See, if a farmer doesn't come to terms with the fact that it's a season to sow, and in turn, in turn, sorry, instead he just potters around his barn and he passes away the day and he pats his chicken and he collects eggs and he 
just waste his time away. He will have nothing to bring in during the harvest. The sowing season, although hard work and far less glamorous, is beautiful for his time. But if he doesn't know that he's in that season, he's going to miss it. There is something very special to be achieved and fruit to be grown in the planting season, in the sowing season. But if he doesn't know that he's in it, he's not going to sow. You know, Christians, I've noticed, we love to say we're in a season. And I'm not saying it's just Christians that say this, but we just love it. Like, it's just our go-to statement. Darcy and I, we have young kids at home, and we usually like to have a relatively tidy house, but at the moment, it's anything but, right? It's a shambles. And we'll just look at each other's like, we're just in a season. We're just in a season. Or if you're at university and it just feels relentless, it's like all-nighter after all-nighter and it's non-stop. You console yourself, right? You're like, it's just a season that we're going through. When you're waiting to find love, that love of your life and you haven't struck gold yet, you're like, it's all good. I'm waiting on the Lord. It's just a season. We love to say we're in a season. The truth is, it's not that sometimes you're in a season and sometimes you're not. Every one of us at all times finds ourselves in a season. And whatever one you happen to be in, there is beauty to be found within it. You know, there are different seasons of being a parent. It's not just one season. There are seasons within seasons. Different seasons of your career. Different seasons of your romantic relationships or lack thereof. Different seasons of marriage, of generosity and attitude. Different seasons of leadership. Different seasons of investment. Different seasons of hope different seasons of stability, different seasons of friendships. You know that one to be true. When I was young and I had like a group of 15 friends, like we will be friends forever. I don't know where all of them are. That's life, it moves on. Different paces, stages, and priorities in life along the way. And King Solomon highlights that the seasons are always changing. And discontentment comes when we don't change with them. See, the trick is to stay in step with the seasons of life. Some you choose, most you don't, but how you experience experience them will be determined by how accurately you place yourself within them. A person named Eckhart Tolle said this, Unease, anxiety, tension, stress, worry, all forms of fear are caused by too much future, not enough presence. But guilt, regret, resentment, grievances, sadness, bitterness, and all forms of non-forgiveness are caused by too much past, not enough presence. One of the most well-known illustrations for contentment that I'm sure you've certainly heard of is that saying, the grass is greener on the other side, right? We've all heard that before. So this idea that what sits in another field is more desirable or appealing than the one that we're in. And this focus on the one we aren't currently standing in causes us to miss the sustenance and growth that could be taking place right where we are. Because you can be in this field, in this season, growing in this place, or you can be distracted in another place that you were never meant to be, and you end up feeling halfway in between two. You end up feeling like you're on the fence, feeling lost and unsatisfied. And we say, God, why aren't I in that season? And I feel like God would say to you today, you're not in that season yet. You don't get to spring without first going through summer. Other way around. You don't get to spring without first going through winter, right? (laughs) Spring's amazing. Like new life begins to go forth, but you've got to go through winter to get it. You've got to go through spring before we arrive at summer. Most of you are like, I don't know, I don't know the order of the seasons. That's a very American thing. Do you know that? Darcy will be like, oh, in, in fall, we're going to do this. I'm like, firstly, it's autumn. And secondly, when is autumn? I can't just use months. Anyway. <laughs> Contentment and comfort comes when we're not stuck on the fence but we actually know what paddock we're in. 
what field we're in and we eat of that grass. Are you on the fence or are you in your field? Because freedom comes when you know what field you're in and frustration comes when you're stuck on the fence. Let me give you an example. Our family is obviously a a church ministry family. It's what we're called to do. It's part of God's calling on our life. It's the lane that we're running, and we understand that. Before we had kids, Darcy and I, uh, we planted this campus along with an amazing group of people, many of which are still in the room today, still part of the church. And if you were there, thank you. That was amazing. Um, We were in here from morning till night. It was all guns blazing. We knew the name of most people and the names of their kids. It was such an exciting season, and I'll never forget it. But life looks different for us now with our young family. We could have never done that with kids. And so I'm thankful for the wisdom and the strategy of God to time things the way that he did, even though we weren't happy with the timing when it was all unfolding. It's important for us, though, that now that we have a young family and we're in this different season, we don't We've got to become focused of not overstaying our welcome in that past season. Because I think back to that, and it was fun, and it was exhilarating, and it was rewarding, and it felt really significant. But we've moved to a different field now, and unless we accept that, we're going to be stuck on the fence, and life's going to feel difficult. See, with young kids, we simply have less to offer in the way of ministry right now. And this can easily result in a feeling of dissatisfaction. It can have us feeling like we aren't living our purpose. You know, if we try to stay in that ministry-focused season and not adjust to our new one, actually, our purpose in this season is to strike a healthy balance between ministry and family life, and that's not easy. And I'm thankful that God saw the season coming, and even in this season we, where we are less available, our, strength has, our church has never been stronger with the body of Christ to step up and lead and minister in ways that are far beyond what Darcy and I could do. Our season has changed for now. And eventually we'll come back around to having another really ministry heavy season. It's just not where we're at right now. That's not the grass that we're meant to be eating. And you can live your whole life feeling like you're playing catch up because you're not aligned with the season that you're actually in. So you can live your life like it's time to speed up when really it's time to slow down. You can live your life pouring out all the time when really... What season you're actually in is one to be filled up and refreshed. You can be living life thinking that the harvest is delayed and where the heck is it and God's forgotten about me. Or maybe it's actually just because the harvest is not here yet and you're actually meant to be in a season of preparing and sowing. You've probably all heard of a midlife crisis. Some might be experiencing it. I will not make eye contact. I don't know who that's for. (laughs) It's portrayed in the movies, right? It's this moment in time, usually in a man's life. Apparently women, they don't have midlife crises. They're just steady and sure all of the days of their life. But for men, they have this moment where they become discontented with where their life has become. And so they're like, you know what? I'm going to go and buy a motorbike. I'm like, you don't even know how to ride a motorbike. But they're going to go out and buy a motorbike or a new sports car in the hope of reliving the days of their youth when they were all the rage. Or so they tell us. In essence, all a midlife crisis is, is a wrestle over seasons. It's just not coming to terms with the fact that you might be a little older and there's amazing things that are part of that season, but there's still kind of one leg on the fence that isn't willing to move into a new season with all that God has for you in it. You know, the young adult community in this church are a disrespectful and lost generation. And let me tell you why. They constantly tell me that I'm not part of them. Even though, as a 35-year-old, I am in the age bracket, thank you very much. It's a disrespect. (laughs) And I know they're joking, but there is a level of sadness to leave a season of life behind. But I'm even more excited to embrace a new season where I don't live at mum and dad's house. (laughs) 
where I don't live on two-minute noodles, where I can do my own laundry and where I know how to respect my elders. I'm excited for that season. What they haven't considered is that with life expectancy increasing, we're going to have to adjust the brackets. We need to uh, index it to the inflation of life. And so 40 is the new 35. And in fact, we might have to bump the 18 up to 25 because until then you're still a child. And <laughs> I don't, I'm joking. Um, I am joking. Uh, I'm moving on. Amazing season of life. But the truth is I'm almost not there anymore. You can have your young adults lounge. I didn't want to come anyway. That's awesome. <laughs> There is a time for everything under the sun. And look, I've made a case for staying focused and finding contentment in the season you're in, right? Like you might say, and we would say, like, I've got young kids, and so it's just harder to be as social as we used to be right now, and that's okay. I'm recovering from a health challenge, and it's not the time to be going hundreds of miles an hour. That might be your case. You might say, I love Jesus, but I'm just going to come and be present. I'm just going to be in a small group before I consider maybe stepping up to lead one. Give yourself permission to simply be, to just be where you are. And that's not to say that you lack vision. Sometimes the boldest vision is to understand that the season that I'm in, even if it feels like a slower or more restricted one, is a season that God is doing something, and, and we need to get aligned with it, otherwise we'll miss it. You know, sometimes the greatest thing we can do is listen to God in Psalm 46, verse 10, where he says, be still and know that I am God. That's hard for all of us, but it's a great challenge. Now, right at the, book of, at the beginning of the book of Psalms, Psalm 1, verse 1 to 3, it says, Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners or join in with mockers, but they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. They delight in the law of the Lord, Scripture, God's Word, and they meditate on it day and night. They are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit in each season. Their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all they do. Bearing fruit in each season. What fruit are we bearing in the season we're in? Not the season we wish we were in, but the season we're actually in. See, if we aren't bearing fruit, we're either being ineffective in their area, or maybe we're actually just not meant to be there. We've overstayed our welcome in a previous season, and it's time to embrace the new one. See, being devoted to His Word and meditating on it daily was the prerequisite to being the sort of person that would bear fruit in every season. So contentment and fruitfulness is not a matter of what season you're in. It's a matter of being in the Word. Every season should be fruitful. It's just that the fruit looks different. Someone here needs to hear this today. There is no right or wrong season. You're not in the wrong season right now. There's just unhealthy and healthy ways about looking at the season that you're in. Because whatever season you're in, you need to ask yourself this, God, what is meant to be growing in my life right now today where I am? Is it intimacy with God? I mean, I would put the case that should be present in every season of life. Is it perseverance and determination? Is it patience? Is it calmness? Is it choosing to trust God by slowing down? Sometimes the greatest display of mistrust in God is that we race ahead when really we should just be staying put. Sometimes we're exactly where we need to be and God has us there for a reason. And a really, really hard challenge for us when we find ourselves in a bit of a challenging or refining season is to be content in that place while others around us are in a different one. Right? You know what I mean? It's like you're working through some childhood trauma which is a really good thing to do, 
but your friends around you seem to be so happy-go-lucky and free. Like, I want to be like that, but that's just not the season you're in. Or you're digging deep to save that deposit for your first house and your friends are off to restaurants and malls and splashing their money, but that's just not the season you're in. Or you're going on a journey to seek God and discover who you really are in Him when everyone else kind of seems to have figured it out. Um, firstly, they haven't. It just seems like that, right? Most of us are still on that journey. Uh, we should all be on it. Or you're needing to slow down to fo- focus on getting healthy again, while others seem to be going 100 miles an hour living their best life. It's choosing to be okay and being present where you are. But other times, it's different, and we've overstayed our welcome. And we've become so familiar with the season that it's actually already changed, but we just haven't recognized it. Like me in the winter, the season has changed, but I'm holding on for dear life for the one, one behind it. We end up camping out somewhere that we should have just been passing through. And whether we run ahead or fall behind, the result ends up being the same, right? We end up frustrated. We feel underutilized. We feel unfruitful, lacking in purpose and unmotivated. We're trying to be someone that we're not, and we're trying to achieve something that we shouldn't be. And I want to speak to every person in the room today that feels like God has been nudging you to take a step, but you haven't done it. And before you feel like I'm, I'm singling you out, it's far more common than you realize. It's probably a, more than half of the room feel like God has been nudging them in some way, but you haven't taken action on it. I just want to say to you that God can see that you're ready for more. But like me in the winter, the seasons have changed, but I wasn't willing to risk it. And sometimes we feel like I'm going to wait until it's really obvious. But by that point, you might have missed the opportunity. So, you know, the first half of my message today, I've tried to encourage you to know that you can be content and present in the season you're in. There is fruit to bear in every season, and it's beautiful for its time. But I also want to remind us that as individuals and as a church, we were designed to move. We were designed to grow and to develop, and we were designed to journey. We were designed to, yes, so sure, but we're also designed to harvest. Please, God, don't let us ever be a church that sits still longer than we should. You know, it's a challenge that gets us uncomfortable to step up into new things, to give something a crack, to experience the joy of what the season ahead awaits for us. And I don't want you to mistake season for the job that I work, the place that I live, or the age of my children. That can be part of it, but sometimes it's things like the investment you're making into others. It's having a season to deal with the root cause of some childhood trauma and hurt. Like actually going, I'm actually going to bring some focus to that in the next season of my life. Maybe it's developing healthier attitudes towards those that are different from you. Maybe beginning to tithe or reconsider the amount that you give. Maybe learning a new skill to add to the effectiveness that you have in the workplace or in ministry. Sometimes it's just looking at what God is highlighting and bringing some focus to that in the next season of your life. Sometimes it's realizing whether you like it or not that there is a leadership gift on your life. And the reason God has given you that gift is so that you can bless and serve and love other people. Because maybe you've been through this season of self-development and you feel like you've come through it and you feel like you've grown and you've developed and you're better off as a person. Or maybe you've been through a really busy season at work and now you recognize it's actually died down a bit and God is calling you up into a new level of influence. Maybe it's leading a small group or mentoring a young person. Maybe it's starting some sort of outreach initiative, or you might say, hey, now that I feel like I've developed in my leadership and God's calling me to step up, it's time to establish a new God-honoring culture in my family. Because He might be saying to you, it's time to put that thing down and pick that one up. Or He might be saying, it's time to put that thing down and don't pick anything up. Just chill. Just rest. Just be refreshed in the season. Eventually, I'll ask you to pick something up, but it's not right now. 
For some people in the room, you've been walking, and I feel like God is saying it's time to start running, to actually get up and sink your teeth into something that you're entering a new season of accelerated growth, and it's time to step up. Ben, you can join me. First Chronicles 20 verse 1 says this, In the spring of the year, when kings normally go out to war, Joab led the Israelite army in successful attacks against the land of the Amorites. I love that. In the spring, when kings usually go to war, there is ground to take. There was a season for action. There was a, we usually, I feel like if you were the defending army, you're like, spring's coming. If that's apparently when you usually go to war. That's interesting that we've entered spring now, and for some of you, it's actually time to step up and start conquering. It's time to take ground. For some of you, it is time to slow down and pivot and reprioritize, but there are people in this room, and you'll know as I say this, it's time to step over the line and start the business. You can think about it all you like. You can um and ah about it and you can pray for the perfect time and that won't be for everyone. But as I was preparing this, God really laid that on my heart that there's some people, you can't think a business into being. You can have all the ideas in the world and most of it you'll only figure out once you begin. But there are some people in the room today, you actually need to just begin, actually just take action in the spring and start the new business. For some people, it's time to step up and take ownership over your mental health to actually get some professional help, as well as seeing our ministry team. You should do both of those. And you might say, well, I can't afford the professional help. Until you find freedom and you get the help that you need, it's costing you far more than some dollars. Listen, it's okay to have a season of stillness. In fact, there are times in life where you should absolutely do that. But some of you have overstayed your welcome there and you've built some idleness in your life. And you may have justified it because that's where you've been. You've been comfortable. That's me. I never want to leave summer for the rest of my life. And the thought of leaving it makes me feel uncomfortable. And then I try to replicate summer in the other seasons, but that's not what we've been called to do. You've overstayed your welcome in that season. It's time to get uncomfortable and step into the next one. In fact, I get a sense that there's some people here, you already know that the season has changed. And that's why you feel discontented. That's why you feel unfruitful. Get off the fence and go to war. It's time to take action. It's the spring when kings usually go to war. And there's fruit to be grown in this season. And so where are you today? If you're to be brutally honest and reflect on your life, where are you? Because you're either aligned with your season or you're not. Perhaps you're in the right season, but you've just had the wrong mindset about it. You've convinced yourself that you're in the wrong season instead of asking God what should be growing. Because you wish you were back there or you wish you were up there, but you're not. You're here. And this is what life looks like. And there is fruit to be grown in this season. Everything is beautiful for its time. For you, ask God what is meant to be growing in your life. Should I be sowing? Should I be resting? Should I be investing? Should I be building? Should I be leading? Should I be starting something new? And perhaps you feel now, even as I've shared, and you probably before this moment, that God has been nudging you to embrace the changes and the challenges of the next season. Is it time to get up and take action? To start leading something new? To start the business? Is it time to get professional help? Have you been idle for too long, having overstayed your welcome? The most reassuring thing about the seasons of life is that in the mountaintops and the valleys low, as Elish alluded to earlier, God is with us in all of them. 
And sometimes we feel distant from God and sometimes we feel really close. The challenge for us is to understand that God never leaves us nor forsakes us. He loves us, He presses close. And even when we feel like we're far from God, He's never, ever been closer. He's always right there pursuing us all the days of our life. And whatever season you find yourself in, please know this today, it's not the wrong season. Perhaps you're asking the wrong questions. God, if every season is to be fruitful, what fruit should be growing in my life today? What does it look like? What am I learning? How am I preparing? I may be in winter, but spring is coming. And for others, you need to align. It's the spring, it's time to take action. Let me pray for you this morning. God, I thank you that you're a God that sees the beginning from the end. And we ourselves can feel blinded. We can feel overwhelmed in the season we find ourselves in. But I thank you, Lord, that you are just as present in the dark one as you are in the light one. In fact, we may find more comfort and solace in the darker seasons than we do in the good ones when we tend to get ahead of ourselves. And I just pray over every person here today, not that you would change their season, but that you would change our hearts to understand that you don't make mistakes and you don't bring everything about, but you do work it together for good for those that love you and accord according to your purposes. So would you align our hearts with your heart to be able to say, it's okay that I am where I am, It doesn't look as a place that is before me or after me. It looks like this. God, allow me to enter in and to be present and to know your presence in the midst of it. And God, I pray for those that know that there has been a nudge and it's scary and it's nervous and they've never done anything like this before. God, prompt them and make it so clear to them right now what season they need to step into. Is it a season of stepping up in their family? Is it a season of leadership? Is it a season of speeding up or one of slowing down? God, would you make it clear to them? But before they take action, Lord, would you remind them today that they need to seek wise counsel, get around trusted people that care about them and can confirm what it is they believe that you're saying and together they could go on that journey. We thank you that you speak to us, that you love us, that you're present. And out of all of this, the whole goal is that we would grow and journey and become more like Jesus. We thank you for that in Jesus' name.